from College Park. This is Ramp Office. Good morning! Alipop Bubble Sparks! Welcome to Hurry Up Offense. What you just heard was the Terps women's basketball team knocking off fifth-ranked Duke. What was that, Sunday? How Sunday? the hell do you know what they heard? I have no idea, but we have no sound in the studio. We had no idea this if we un- played that right. unbelievable. So if we did, props to us. Yeah, this is the best show in the damn land. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah, up offense. If you haven't listened before, we're pretty good. Uh, we'll throw out some jokes, a couple, couple little nuggets of sports knowledge. Hurry Up Offense is the show. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, and by phone. Uh, the Twitter handle is at hurryup underscore offense. You can tweet us your thoughts uh, later in the show. We'll be talking about our top five NBA players. We'd love for you to tweet those at us. Uh, on Facebook, you can just search us on Facebook. Just search Hurry Up Offense. And if you'd like to call in, which it seems like we only have one person do that a show, which is Jordan Dixon, probably going to be hearing from him today, uh, the number for that is 301-606-5933. You remembered your cell phone number. That's pretty impressive. <coughs> I just choked. Don't worry, guys. Uh, hurry up offense is better than the Washington Capitals. If you guys are watching that game, just go ahead, turn it off, um, and listen to us. Because... That game is horrible right now. The Caps are down five to zero. I can assure you, we are not losing five to zero on this show. We will not lose five. We're to up twenty one nothing. I lose every. I win every argument. I never yeah. Lose. So no matter what, we are going to be winning. Um, more so than Charlie Sheen. That's how good we are. Yeah, and more so than Jeremy Lin. Yeah, because <laughs> he's losing tonight too. Yeah, it's not looking good for that team over there. What was I supposed to talk about? What was I supposed to bring us in with? Uh, women's basketball. Oh right, right, all right. Well, our seventh-ranked Maryland Terps. Did we move up today? No, uh, I don't know. Don't they? W- don't they wait until? Uh, oh wait, that was a Sunday game. They might not do it until next Sunday. Well, that's terrible. That would be bad. But they usually do the rankings on Mondays, though. Do they? Yeah. Well, then I have no idea. Well, we were seventh-ranked, and we beat the number five-ranked Duke Blue Devils, sixty-three to sixty-one on Sunday. Alyssa Thomas came up with the big block. Is that the clip we played? Yeah, that was. Alyssa Thomas came up with a huge block in the game. She had a re- relatively quiet night, though, only shooting 2 of 11. Having Not even relatively points. quiet. She was flat-out awful. It was a, it was a pretty bad night for her. her Terrible shot at the end of the game. Almost almost cost them the game if it weren't for uh, Lynette Kaiser to clean up the board there. Uh, yeah, Tiana Hawkins. Right. This team, right, uh, what happened here was Alyssa Thomas is the star of this team. She is the ACC's leading scorer. And she flat out did not have a good game. Two for 11 from the field, only eight points. She struggled from the free throw line, and she's usually money from there. But what's good about this Maryland Terps team, and what, what makes up great teams, is that when your star player uh, isn't having their best game, you have players around them to pick them up. Today, or the other day, it was Tiana Hawkins and Lauren Mincy. Uh, they're both great players. Hawkins has been one of the best players in the nation the last couple of weeks. I think she's averaging like 24 a game. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, and she picked up her pace. She went 9 for 14 from the field, 19 points. She had 9 rebounds, and the funny thing was they were all offensive. Not a single defensive rebound. They were all offensive. Uh, I don't know how... You can spin that pos- or negatively and say that she wasn't um, pulling down defensive rebounds, but hey, if you get 9 offensive rebounds, that, that's a productive day. Well, especially the biggest one. Well, defensive rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty impressive, too. So she, she had to be getting all the boards. I mean... 
they have a couple big girls in there who get rebounds a lot. So that's not. I don't really see that as a huge issue with Tiana Hawkins not getting any defensive rebounds. I definitely spend that positively with all the offensive rebounds she got. What I was surprised to see is our worst or our best player probably had her worst game of the year. Yeah. We had a starter only play seven minutes, zero points. A starter go 0 for 7, zero points. And then a bench player come off the bench and only play 10 minutes and get zero points. How did we win this game? And we and they had 19 turnovers on top of that. You look at the box score, you really don't think they should have won the game. Yeah, what it, what it was was there was this one stretch where they, they dominated the offensive glass. They dominated. There was one possession where they missed four shots, got five offensive rebounds. It was unreal. Watch the game start to finish. The first 10 minutes of the game were just sloppy. Maryland, yeah, I think at one point, the point they were off. down like 19-5 to five or something similar to that. Uh, it was not looking good for the Terps, but uh, give Coach Freeze all the credit in the world for making their team come back. Uh, they used the crowd. It was a good crowd at Comcast Center, uh, near capacity actually. But uh, anytime Maryland beats Duke, it's going to be a great game for us because uh, contrary to what Duke says, this is a rivalry. And you could tell for the women's basketball game, you can tell for all the men's games, but our Terps uh, women's team just out-muscled them, out-manned them. Uh, womaned them. Out-womaned them. <laughs> we still call it manned. Uh, <laughs> Gotta give it up for feminism. <laughs> yeah. God, I wish we had a feminist call the show. I'd own you. Um, basically, what we're saying is it was good to see the, the supporting cast for this team come up big. And... Uh, they need. I mean, if their other players are starting to heat up at the right time, they could do some damage in the uh, NCAA tourney. Oh, absolutely, definitely. I think they uh, they have a great shot at winning the ACC tournament here. And I think if they do, we could possibly look at them getting a number one seed in the tournament, having a little bit of an easier road, or maybe an easy two seed and playing like the worst of the number one seeds in that like be in that bracket, have yeah. a pretty easy road there. I think the tournament might set up pretty nicely for them, and I think they do have a. a not even just a realistic shot. I think they have a great shot at making a run into the Elite Eight in the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, they have to keep playing consistently, but I I see them. They have all the tools, it, it seems like. So, yeah, I definitely expect them to go pretty far. I mean, their only losses of the season have been in the ACC. Yeah. So, I mean, they're losing. They lost, what, four? What are they, four losses now? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're 23 and four. But uh, they were all to ACC teams, and the ACC seems like one of the best uh, women's conferences in the uh, entire league they have something like six ranked teams their losses were to Miami who's ranked. who was ranked 11th Miami who was ranked 6th and Duke. Duke who was ranked 5th and then they had an upset loss to Virginia Tech okay and that one was in Virginia Tech and yep. road games I mean there's always going to be one of those a season where actually that was home that was oh that was you're game. right that's right well, <laughs> I mean... That's a bad loss, but everybody has a bad loss. Everybody plays a bad game, so I don't discredit them for that. So, we talked about how the Terps women's team um, had their star player not playing well and the supporting cast able to pick them up. And then you go to the men's team, who just doesn't have that at all. Uh, you had Terrell Stoglin have an awful game, shot 4 for 17 from the field when they played uh, number 22 Virginia on Saturday, and no one else stepped up. We had like 18 players play this game, too. I mean, yeah, Terrell Stoglin with 14 points was the leading scorer. Four for 17 from the field. This was, this was, their second half was the worst half of basketball I've seen Maryland basketball ever play. They scored, they were tied 31-31 at, for, at the end of the first half. They scored 13 points, yeah, that's incredible. Came out and scored 13 the entire half. 
Ended up getting blown out. I'm pretty sure our football team might have scored 13 points in a half. Yeah. It, it yeah. was, honestly, it was one of the worst things I've ever watched. But the thing with Maryland, they have never, they've, all season they haven't been a good road team. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've only won one game on the road. And that that's just not good enough. I mean, this is a young team, so you don't expect them to be getting uh, a lot of road wins. But to only have one on the year and get blown out to Virginia like this, it, it was really hard to watch. Extremely hard to watch. And I want to thank the uh, guy from the prior show to come in and interrupt us. Yeah, that that's, real that's, nice. That flustered me. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't going to do this, but now I am. Um, you guys on Twitter, tweet whatever you think about the show before us. Just keep it like kind of PG thirteen ish. The best, sh- the best tweet. We'll put it on there. <laughs> All yeah, because right. that, that was just not, not that was cool. rude. Loud squeaking door opening. But back anyway. to our team, or back to our Maryland Terrapins. Yeah, the the biggest problem, pretty much all season, has been Finding the secondary score. scores on this team. Stoglin is gonna score his twenty two points a game. I mean, he did in this game, but that that's almost an automatic. Leading but if he score, doesn't, we need someone who can step up. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the game, it looked like it was gonna be Nick Faust. He was at the point. He was playing a com- pretty complete game. He ended the half with a three-pointer with something like .4 seconds left. Uh, he, he was slashing. He was distributing. He was getting boards. But nothing in the second half. It, it was just awful. I didn't understand it. Sean Mosley has not... He's probably been the worst road player on this team, actually. Which is... It, it's really hard to look at because he's your senior leader. And we've talked about this before. Line, on on whatever day this game was, 0 for 4... Three rebounds, one assist, four turnovers, four fouls, two points. He played more minutes than anybody on the team. It, it, I don't understand That's it. That's incredible. That is unbelievable that your senior leader goes out there and puts up nothing in three quarters of the game. Nothing. It is nothing. He was 100% from the free throw line. That's the only positive I can find out of this. Yeah, he only shot two. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, you can't, I, I, I can't blame coaching on this because... Coach Turgeon tried to mix things up. How many guys did you say? You know, partly I, I do tend I I don't put all the blame on him because these guys are college athletes. They should know like to shoot the ball. But none of these guys seem to want to shoot the ball. Yeah. If I'm Coach Turgeon in practice, I'm sitting Stoglin on the bench in practice the entire the entire practice. You sit there and you think about doing something and get your grades up, Stoglin. And how do we know he's not a good? I don't know. Student athlete. Just guessing. None of them are. But everybody else has to find a way to score in practice without without Terrell Stokeland on the court. Find a way to score the basketball. Shoot the ball. It's it's not hard. I did it a lot in high school. Just shoot it. Throw it up there. I mean, you can't score if you don't shoot. I don't get anything like these guys are doing. It's just not making sense to me. Another thing that sticks out to me is Alex Len. Yeah, he's a freshman. I could have used some reaction out of you there. About what? I don't know. Whatever You're, I just said. I don't agree with sitting Stolen for a practice, so I didn't want to say that, but why would you sit him an entire practice? I can understand you, like, putting him on that the defensive the side of the ball. Of it, your point was that you need to find a secondary score, yeah. and, your, and your way of solving that was to put Stolen right, on put the bench. put him on the defensive side. Okay. okay, well then I'd agree with you. But they, they've had him out of the game before. I'm sure they've practiced without him, so I don't know if that's really the solution, because I, you're telling me you don't think that he's done that before? You don't think they've run offensive sets without Stogan on the court in practice? When he's not on the court, it doesn't seem like it. No, I, I, I guarantee that, but I don't know. I, I think that he's tried. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to the players. Are they going to shoot the ball when they're open? And it doesn't look like they are. 
I mean, Alex Len, you played 20 minutes, missed both your shots, one of them being a three-pointer, didn't get a single <laughs> rebound, didn't get a single block, and you turned the ball over once, finished with zero points. How he can, did nothing. How can you do that? His stat line's worse than Mosley's. His only, his only stat is one turnover. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that with that many <laughs> minutes being played. That he is. outdid Sean Mosley for worst player on the team that day. <laughs> that is, that's just not good. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we shot better from three, better than we did from the field. Yeah, that's really bad. That is horrific. Uh, Michael Scott. I, I, this is Michael Scott from Virginia is good, ACC dude. Player of the Year. He started yeah. the game off on fire. He was fantastic. I, I loved watching him. I hate his hair. Go ahead and shave that thing off, whatever it was. Didn't look good, but you're pretty good. Uh, he finished the game 10 for 20, but he shot way better than that in the first half. Uh, he had 25 points to lead the, lead the entire game. Uh, Virginia, Virginia's for real. They're 20 and 6. I mean, they're they're 7 and 5 in the ACC. ACC's pretty tough, though. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll do that much damage, but they're a pretty improved team from last year. Yeah, they're a lot better than they were last year. Um, <coughs> hey, thanks who, for that. Who did they lose last year? Because I know the Zaglinski character's back. Yeah, he's back. Uh, Michael Scott. Mike. I keep calling him Michael Scott. His name is Mike Scott, but, did but they, his but full did name is Michael. Lose Mike Scott was anyone? hurt last year. Yeah. That's why they're that much more improved. I don't think they lost that many people. So they, they didn't just lose brought back their whole team. But yeah. they were pretty bad last year. Yeah. So th- this is kind of impressive that they've been this good. I don't think anybody expected <clears throat> them to be this good yeah. this year. I mean, 22nd in the country. What are, they in, what are they in the ACC? Fourth? Uh, They might be third. Who who else would be in front of them? It'd be Duke, UNC, Florida State, Florida State, Florida State will be in front so of them. Yeah, we'll probably say they're fourth, fourth in the ACC, which is impressive because I would have picked them to probably finish near the bottom this year. So, good for them. Yeah. Uh, this brings us to uh, another point we wanted to to ask, and that was Terrell Stoglin, ACC's leading scorer. Uh, the big debate is whether people think that he is shooting too much if he's a ball hog or if he needs to get these shots because he's the only legitimate scorer on the team. And I know you and me differ on this subject. Uh, I think so. And uh, I'd love to hear what you, the fans, have to say about it. We'll say our spiel, and if anyone wants to call or tweet in, uh, we'll be happy to field those calls or tweets. Alan, you want to tell me what you think about this? Uh, part of me thinks he does. I know you say he needs to dominate the offense. He needs to get his shots up. Right. And I agree. He does need to be the guy shooting the ball most, like more than anyone on this team. And he needs to be taking a good portion of the shots. My only problem with him is his shot selection. Is he takes a, he makes them. All right. That's great. But he takes a lot of god awful shots as like a as like a basketball fan. You just hate watching like these shots. And like mm-hmm. I was at the Boston College game watching the game. And I would get mad when he would make them because I just know that's going to keep feeding him and keep him wanting to shoot these shots. And they're just that bad that he should not be shooting them. And that's my real, like, my only real problem with him is, is how bad of the shots he takes. And he really seems to just kill the offense. You know, they can get into a little bit of an offensive rhythm working the ball around. And then when Stoglin gets it, it's like the possession's finished. He's just going to jack a shot up. I feel like if he. If he runs off more ball screens and sort of isn't creating his own shot all the time, I think he becomes a better scorer. And essentially he gets easier shots off, so he should make a higher percentage. That's my only thing with him. Uh, here's what you said that stuck out to me, and that was that, yeah, he takes these stupid shots, but you, you even said yourself, he makes them. 
So, I mean, he, we had this guy, Grievous Vasquez, who took these shots. Everyone got pissed off when he took them. Gary Williams had a heart attack every time, but the kid made the shots, and the kid won the game. And Terrell Stoglin takes the, sta- the same stupid shots. Every time I see him, I, I think of Grievous Vasquez, but he's successful, so why stop what's successful? I mean, it, the Pichon injury, I think, really impacts this more than anything else. Uh, Nick Faust is playing point guard. That's not his position, not even close to being his position. So he's not going to be able to move the ball correctly like a point guard is supposed to. His first option is always just going to be dribble down the court and then give the ball to Stoglin. So even with him out there, that's what they're doing. And I just think that no one else is willing to take these shots. So why not have Stoglin take them? He's making a good majority of them. My, ol- my only counterpoint is that you said he's <clears throat> successful, but could he be more successful? Could he make a higher percentage of these shots? And I think he could if he doesn't take them so early in the shot clock and he's a little more open when he's taking shots. That's the only thing I ask of him. I, I, I think 17 is a great number. I'd like to see him make more than four. That's my biggest issue. Yeah, but they were all threes. And I think he could be a knockdown three-point shooter. He could be lethal if he's just a little more open. If he's just running off... Even if they're setting four guys to set him, to set ball screens for him just to run off four screens and get open, I think that's a good offense. Even if it is Nick Fouch just dribbling down, watching the guy set the screens, and then giving him the ball. I think that's a sustainable offense. I really think, though, that as long as he's making these shots, I have no problem with him taking them. He doesn't... like. Even if, all right, let's say he didn't, if he didn't kill the offense and he let it go into a flow, the ball's just going to wind up back in his hands at the end anyway because no one wants to shoot the ball. I mean, I, I would love to see him pass it, and I would love to see other people do things for themselves, but he's the only one that can get himself open for a shot, and he's the only one that can create his own shot. He's the only offensive player on this team. But you don't always have to create your own shot. Oh, I know, but when he's not, when so he doesn't have the ball in his hands. his shot for him. But have they done that in the past? But they need, that's coaching, I think, in my opinion. You All need right, we have a phone call. Man. Let's find out who it is. Welcome to Hurry Up Offense. Who are you talking to? Yeah, you already know who it is. It's big Jordan Dixon. Uh, little Jordan Dixon on the phone. How you doing, Jordan? Hey, Sean. Thanks for uh, fielding my call. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about... A failed joke there. Stoglin thing being um, balls. Um, after watching the Virginia game, I thought Maryland was really good in the first half. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they... Everybody seemed to be knocking down uh, threes, and they good, They also did a good job of getting the ball in, po- in the post. I thought their offense was equally distributed, uh, whether it be in the paint or shooting outside, you know, and I felt like that would have carried over into the second half and given some confidence. But then, again, I think the Stoglin being the ball thing kind of came into effect. In the second half, I thought what they were doing was working good. And then, I mean, I think like he felt the need to take over that game and that just kind of took the air out of all the other players, you know. And then once he started missing his shots, that kind of all went downhill from there. So, I mean, I don't understand what makes him feel like this. the game is on his back all the time. Like, why can't he use his teammates around him when that seemed to work in the first half? What teammate do you want him to use? Uh, I'd like to see him use the ball and post more to uh, James Padgett or Padgett. Yeah, I would I like that as well. I agree with that. Padgett could be a big-time scorer, I think. Yeah, we've always said that he's the only other secondary uh, option, but with him, I mean, yeah, he's going to put up shots, but he's just not physically gifted enough to be a dominant player. He's got great moves, but, I mean, he's an awful free-throw shooter, so they're just going to foul him and put, on the, put him on the line. I mean, he, he's just... I feel like that may be part of the reason why he doesn't drive to the basket, because, I mean, if he could drive to the basket, that would open up his game a lot more, and I don't think that he understands 
that getting the ball in the post and establishing a post game will open him up. It'll draw double teams. And, uh, I mean, that'll get him a better shot because most of the three-pointers that he takes, you said it, Alan, he seems to force it. It almost, it almost looks like a, like an off-balance shot. Like, it doesn't even look like he's comfortable when he's taking that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks uncomfortable, but he makes the majority of them. I mean, his games like this against Virginia, he's he like the a, majority. He does. He does I, not. I, I Obviously, majority he's, he's, like he's, like he's like 40% like he or something. Like and they get one out. He makes, when he has a bad game, this team, this team obviously, like, loses the game. But when he has a good game, which is more 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 so than him having a bad game, I mean they win. I, I don't mind him taking his shots, and unless someone else can show me something on this team, I mean I don't I don't know what else we can do. But I think that's what we're trying to find out, though. This is we said from the beginning this is going to be a building year, and we have well, to see what these guys it, but have I don't going. I feel like he's giving his team a chance at all. I like actually like the comparison to Vasquez. Like uh, I know fans that a lot of times we got um, mad at some of the shots that he forced, but. Vasquez was also known for his passing. I mean, he liked to, even though he also made some stupid passes too, he liked to get his team involved a lot and kind of uh, set his team up for some highlight reel uh, plays. And, I mean, I don't think that you'll ever see Stoglin have a triple-double game or even have That's a, good a point. tennis game like Vasquez. We still have that plenty of times, you know. He Sometimes he wouldn't have the best shooting game, but he was known for his passing, and I don't understand why Stoglin can't do the same. Well, he's known for his passing because he's a point guard, and Terrell Stoglin's a shooting guard. So yeah, unless they matter. put him at point, matter. he's averaging under. Don't raise your tone. He's averaging under two assists a game. <laughs> I don't care what position you play. I feel like a post player should be averaging more than two assists a game. In college, like there's not that many assists to begin with, so I don't think two's a bad number for a shooting guard. It's, not, like, it's not a good number. I think two's two, bad though, for any guard. Find find a good scoring guard that has a way more than two assists, and then I mean, we'll, we'll talk. But I don't. Anybody. I just don't. I think we, we can talk about this all the time, but. We don't have a pure point guard on this team, so our offense isn't going to move correctly. I mean, it's kind of like we have to put an asterisk next to the season for the stats because we have no point guard. We, we don't have like a legit offense, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what uh, Coach Turgeon can do. He's trying to put Faust there. He's not there, and he doesn't want to put Stoglin there because you know Stoglin just won't give the ball up. But I mean, I, I really don't know what to say about this team right now. Uh, do you feel like they have a chance to make a run in the tournament? I mean, they can hang with all these teams the first no. half, but you don't think? Do you think they could ever complete a whole game and maybe make a run? I mean, I think they can win one game in the tournament. I don't see them advancing past that with with without a point guard. I think that's the biggest problem. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? You think they can give a good run at the end? I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they can just realize they only have to win three or four games or whatever, I mean, I don't see why they can't, you know. So, uh, it's kind of like the Malachite last year, you know, or a couple of years ago, they won the ACC tournament, you know, no one expected them to win, but it's just four games, you know. They just have to show up and play. All right, well, thanks for calling, Jordan. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> All right, that was Jordan. Uh, you can still tweet us your thoughts. We'll read them um, if they're worthy enough to be on there. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. Uh, when we come back... Before we go to break, Scott Machado, Iona. Big-time scorer, averages 10 assists a game. Is he the point guard? He's a guard. He's probably the point guard. All right. Um, find a shooting guard. We're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we are going to talk about who we think the top five uh, NBA players are for this year. So if you have your top five, you can tweet them to us. Uh, you can wait until... 
Also, remember to tweet about the show in front of us. We've got yeah. good answers so far. All right, so we're going to go to a commercial break. Uh, come back. Let's hurry up, all things. It's still playing or not, but you're back with Hurry Up Offense. I'm Alan Etzler. He's Sean Pelletier. What you heard, maybe all of, maybe half of, maybe none of, was our intro for our weird news segment again this week. It's our favorite segment. It's where we tell you guys about the weird news of the world and how messed up the society we live in is. Sean, would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. All right. Uh, 
Alright, this one comes to us from Leechburg, Pennsylvania. A Pennsylvania man robbed a Chinese restaurant, okay. but he also did not rob the Chinese restaurant. Okay, alright. Er, uh, not Chinese, man. Timothy Beer, 23-year-old out of Lynchburg, went Beer. to a police station Tuesday saying that he, was feeling he wasn't feeling well and did something stupid. He said that he recalls going to a Chinese restaurant and being angry that the Chinese man behind the counter was speaking in nothing but Chinese. This angered him. Yeah. The, ne the next thing that he remembers is being at home, playing video games, and eating. The next day in the newspaper... Eating what? Eating Chinese food okay. that he bought from the angry Chinese bought man. Bought or robbed? Well, the next day in the paper, he happened to see something in the newspaper saying that a man robbed uh, the Chinese restaurant that he had just visited... And seeing as he does not remember going there, and he was no shorter on cash than he was the day before, he realized that it was him. So he went and turned himself into the police and said what that the other him robbed the store. What a good guy. Yeah, like he, he literally, I guess it's just That's like... so uh, weird. It's just like me, myself, and Irene, where when he gets angry and something ticks, he just changes into... Uh, Sean another, compares changes every into Hank. new story he gets to a Jim movie. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, actually. Same Jim both Carrey. movies. That's crazy. But uh, the Hank and him came out, robbed the Chinese man. Ate his Chinese food and played video games. And so. his last name is Beer, yeah. which is awesome. Timothy Beer. All that's right. my story. That's a, that's a good one. I'm going to move all the way across the United States now to a little place called Portland, Oregon, where nine police cars responded on Tuesday to report, mind you, Tuesday's Valentine's Day, to reports of a woman bound in duct tape and naked in a man's car. They were doing a role-play game on Valentine's Day, and he, the guy bound her up in his car naked, and then people called the police. And when the cops got there, he said, yeah, that's my girlfriend we're role-playing for Valentine's Day. And she was in the back naked, tied up, and she just said it was all part of a role-play. I'm kind of uh, confused as to where, like, where is their house in a busy neighborhood? It wasn't in a house, man. It was, uh, where was this? It was like just a random street. A random in a parking street. lot. So where was the guy? Was he in the car or was he like pretending to put her in the car and go get other stuff? Uh, he was driving the car. <laughs> so someone just saw a tied up naked. Was she in the trunk or in the back seat? She was in the back seat tied up and he was driving. Well, they should if they were going to do this, should have gone all out and put her in the trunk. I mean, that, that, you're not going to get caught with that. Yeah, you wouldn't have been caught with that. I mean, what a dumb that kind of would have been a little scary, though. I Put the woman in the trunk. Then you're going to get I away with it. I wouldn't have gone away with the, uh, with the whole... That's, that's kind of scary. I wouldn't have been cool with that. This is like the second weird news story I brought that has to with do sex? with, yeah, with like, sex. Oh, I've yeah. noticed. It's because I don't get any. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Oh, jeez. All right. So, like we alluded to before There's a video, the break, though, also. If you want to look it up, there's a video. Look but it's kind of like a video of the actual nakedness. And they're, they're a creepy-looking couple, so... Hmm, that's interesting. He looks like the kind of guy who would do that. Anyway, before we fall into commercial break, we alluded to the top five players of the 2012 season. Um, I'm not sure. If, did we get any tweets from anyone regarding this? Uh, no, all of our tweets have been about the guys before us. Okay. Well, we can get to those later. Uh, yeah, do you want to go first? Yeah, to do at the end. You want to go first? Uh, what do you want to do? Countdown from five? Yeah. All right. I'll start with my five. Uh, Mr. Dwight Howard. He uh, is averaging. He's having a kind of a quiet year this year. It's like something like twenty point one points a game and like fifteen rebounds. Something ridiculous in rebounds, though. But 
for his standards, in my opinion, I think that is a little quiet. Yeah, well, the only reason I wouldn't I wouldn't have him on my top five simply because of the uh, the way he's acting. carried himself. Yeah, the way he's carried yeah, himself. He, he hasn't really done a very good job, but I mean, he, the guy puts up numbers, and if he's in a situation that he likes, you can't argue with him not being a top five guy in the league. He's yeah. just he's just dominant. I think somebody needs to get him in a situation that he likes. Though I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, that'd be good. Do you want me to do my top five, or do you just want to do your whole You, you top go five? your five, and I go with All right, at number five, four. I have Kobe Bryant. Uh, I, I, I was going to keep him out of here, but I, I can't keep him out. Well, one, he's the leading scorer in the NBA, and uh, arguably one of the best uh, Lakers of all time. Uh, I, I can't keep him out of my top five, so Kobe Bryant's number five for me. All right, I move to uh, my number four, which is Kevin Love, who is having an incredible year. This year, uh, following up off of what he did last year, which was kind of ridiculous, where he had a whole bunch of 30-20 games. He's averaging 25 and 14 a game. Just signed that huge contract, and in my opinion, he's earning every bit of it. And he has one of, I think it's the fourth highest player efficiency rating in the league, which is pretty damn good considering the competition he's up there with. So he doesn't get a lot of recognition, kind of a quiet player. Yeah, I got a question for you regarding that. Do you think that it's a bigger deal or do you think he's not getting recognition more because he's in Minnesota or because he's white? Uh, I think it's because he's in Minnesota. Okay. Because uh, he got a lot of hype coming out of UCLA. Right, but he still, what, what pick was he in the draft? Top 10. Right, but he wasn't like number one or two, but he... he well, no, I, I thought I he had that skill set. Yeah, but I, I honestly think that... I mean, he's, not, lo- he's, not, like a, he's not like a post player. He's, right. He's, he's a, he's a sh- big guy who can shoot the ball. So, I mean, his skill set kind of got overlooked because they didn't know if he would be able to shoot in the NBA. And he's clearly proved that he can, I think. And he can rebound in the NBA, which I don't think a lot of people thought he'd be able to do. Right. I think he's got a, been a lot, shown a lot more improvement since he came out of college, even though he was really hyped out of college. So, he's kicking I, I think it's because he's names. in that small market, man. There's not a lot of people in Minnesota, and most of them don't care about basketball. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, what am I, four? My fourth, so my fifth was Kobe Bryant. My number four is LaMarcus Aldridge, quietest player in the NBA. You never hear anything about him. It was good to see him make his first uh, play all, or first All-Star appearance this year. This will be his first time in the uh, as an All-Star, but he, 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 it's not like he's doing any better than he did last year. Yeah, he I mean, he's, he's the same. He's the same player. Uh, he's just a dominant. He's one of the best power forwards in the league. And I guess at this point, I have to put him in my, my best power forward in the league. My most underrated player in the Yeah, league. by far. Maybe he's my favorite player in the he's NBA. He's near Kevin Love, but I would still put him at, at more underrated because I think a lot of people yeah. hype up Kevin Love pretty good. Right. Yeah, he's really underrated, man. He's a good player. I'm going to move to my number three, and I think we're going to get pretty similar here. Well, actually, maybe not. I don't know. We had Kobe at five. Uh, LeBron James is my number three. Uh, having one of the best seasons in NBA history. Not NBA history. Well, yeah, okay. I'll say NBA history. He's having a really good year. Uh Averaging 28 points, 7 assists, 8 rebounds, leading the league in player efficiency. I mean, then I don't understand your pick. Huh? I don't understand your pick for three. Oh, because he's not going to win a championship, and he never will. We're doing how they were played this, how they've been playing this year. Yeah, but I know he's going to choke, and he's choked multiple times this year. And my top two guys haven't choked. So. Okay. I'm picking right. the choke artist as number three. All right, number three, I have Derek Rose. Uh, guy's explosive. Uh, best pure best all-around point guard in the league um he he can he can fly like it's unreal seeing some of his highlights of him slashing to the basket and just rising up um he's real exciting he's got chicago off to a good start he's been hurt this year but he's still playing great when he does play so i have him as number three 
All right, my number two. Surprisingly, I didn't have him in my top five. It's pretty good, though. Wait, you know Derrick Rose? No, he's one of the most exciting players, but I I kept him outside. Probably around six or seven range, but he's a respectable guy to be in your top five. My number two is Kobe Bryant. Uh, 29 points, five assists, six rebounds a game. Um, Just doing it at the age of 33, just doing what he's done his whole career. And I mean... I honestly think he is carrying this Lakers team right now until they can figure out what they're doing with Pau Gasol. Andrew Bynum's been good, but they've literally got no production from the point guard and the small forward on this team. I mean, their small forward is, is named World Peace, and Derek Fisher, who's 37, and they just interchange four point guards. Like, he's doing it all with nothing. So I, th- I think he's putting up one of the more impressive years he's had in his career. All right. My number two... uh is the guy who had the other night against Golden State scored 50... No, it wasn't Golden State. forget who it was. Oh, it was uh, Denver. Scored 51 Denver, yeah. points, career high. That's Kevin Durant. Um, the guy is one of the best scorers in the league. He's such a mismatch. It's, it's unbelievable to watch teams try and uh, guard him. The only, uh, the only reason that he would have a bad game is because he's off shooting. I mean, it's, it's really hard to cover him. Is anyone else like surprised that's his first 50-point game? Uh, 50's harder than it seems. But the I, I, way this guy can fill it up, mm-hmm. I just would have expected him to get it, like... Well, it like doesn't help that he's Russell Westbrook on the yeah, team. Yeah, Russell Westbrook got a lot of, like, pub, like good publicity last night for scoring 40. He took more shots than Durant. Durant scored 51. Yeah, Durant only met... He was 5 or 6 from 3. It was, yeah. it was real fun to watch. He is unbelievable. Yeah. And the thing about Durant, he's my number He's my number 1, so that's yeah, why I'll just keep moving in with this. Um... Is he's getting stronger, which was his only knock coming out of college, was that he couldn't bench press 185 pounds. And now I think he might be able to do that, but he's getting stronger, and he's getting better at taking it to the basket and dunking and just finishing on people. And last night when the game was on the line, he didn't take a jump shot. He went to the basket, and he finished with, was it a layup or a dunk? I think it was a dunk. dunk. Yeah, he finished with a dunk. And that's kind of like, I think the missing aspect of his game is being able to get it into, like, inside and actually finish inside with contact. And if he develops that, he's going to be the best scorer in NBA history. He doesn't play a whole lot of defense very often, but he's going to be the best scorer in NBA history. Defense is overrated in the NBA. Sure is. Who needs it? All right, so a lot of you are probably thinking, hey, LeBron James wasn't two through five for Sean. He's got to be number one. Well, guess what? You're right. He's number one. He's playing better than anyone in the NBA. I hate him. So for me to put him at number one... Um, it was really hard for me to do, but I mean he hasn't he hasn't shown his choking yet, and we did how he he's done played, in the he 2012 fourth quarters. He hasn't choked. They're, he has, they're the be- best dis- record in the NBA. He disappeared in fourth quarters when they didn't have Dwayne Wade and they went through a little struggle. He was bad. They went with the hot hand, which was Chris Bosh. So I don't blame him for that. Um, so at the moment, he is the best player in the league. Stats, everything. He's the best player in the league. I disagree. Well, you are Mr. Stats, and the stats don't lie. So, LeBron James, number one. Kevin Durant, Cameron, Cameron Farr, you're welcome. All right, so let's move away from that. Uh, like I said, if you all wanted to tweet in and disagree with us or agree with us, go ahead and do that. We'll read your tweet on air. Yeah, we keep coming up with these great questions, and we're not getting any fan interaction. Are you guys still listening? I think the guys before us just turned them off of sports like, this altogether. Is unbelievable. All right, so... Let's uh, finish this segment off with some sports quick hits. Just the the biggest news from around the league of all the leagues, really. Uh, we're not really keeping to keeping to one. Uh, I'll start. The New Jersey Nets 
or yeah, New Jersey Nets have beaten the New York Knicks 192 in Carmelo's first game back from injury. Uh, not a good, not a good game considering the Nets are awful. They're 10 and 24. Not a good game for the Knicks. Uh, Carmelo went four for 11 in 37 minutes. Uh, 37 minutes wow, led he the team. That many. He led the team in minutes in his first game back. 11 points. Uh, everyone's favorite player, Jeremy Lin, all of a sudden, he still he still played all right. He uh, he threw out nine assists. He had 21 points. Mm-hmm. Shot seven for 18. How many turnovers did he have? Turnovers. He only had three. Good game for him. That's a pretty good game then. Yeah. So this bears the question. It's, it's got to be on some people's mind. Is it worth trading Carmelo Anthony at this point? I mean, a lot of people, a lot of experts were saying that he clearly, it, before he even came back, they said he wasn't going to fit this offense because he's kind of like a Charles Stoglin. He touches the ball, he's going to shoot it. And th- this offense was successful with the pick and roll. And he's he just, maybe he can adjust to it, but what do you think? I think we ought to give him a little bit more than one game. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly think they might be able to work this out. I know it's it's kind of like having too many hands trying to touch the ball at once. I feel like this this might take a little bit of pressure off Jeremy Lin to do so much. So, I mean, on the surface it doesn't seem like it works, but if you dig a little deeper it seems like it may be able to. I think it's something just we're going to have to see with time. I, they don't even, I don't even know when the trade deadline is. No idea. With this March, whole shortened March season, it's, it's completely out of whack. No I, idea. I don't think they have enough like time to figure out if, if this is going to work or not before they like, have, would have to trade him, so I don't think he gets dealt. At this point, maybe maybe next year or something, if they're in the same little troubled area with him, like on the floor. What if they, they go What if they go on a massive losing streak until the trade deadline? Because you see something like could they. Could, I mean, it, it has to bear. Jeremy Lin looks like he's. I mean, if he continues to play the way he is, you can't you can't not please him with the offense. You, you'd and, have to get something really. Oh, good I know to that. Move him. I'm not. I'm not sure who out there would be looking for that. What about something like? The Orlando Magic with Dwight Howard. And then you're going to put back... You put Tyson Chandler in that deal. I mean, he's been one of their best players. Yeah, but... Uh, I he mean... the tone for them on defense. He's the only one who plays defense. Well, Dwight Howard's better than him at defense. Yeah, but I would rather have Melo and Tyson Chandler, I think. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I've Tyson Chandler's played really well this year. and it, You can't argue with Melo's scoring ability. I... Oh, just I don't know. The salaries might have to match up. I think right. I think that's a ton of money they're going to be sending to Orlando. They'd probably have to take a bad contract back too, but that could work. I don't know. It'd be fun to watch Jeremy Lin play with Dwight Howard and yeah. Amari. <laughs> All right, what do you got for? What do you got for news? Oh yeah, I should get to mine. Uh, I'm going to my number two player in the NBA, uh, Kobe Bryant. He said last night after their loss to the Phoenix Suns, how terrible, that he wants the Lakers to either trade Powell or keep Powell, but do it quick. And uh, he threw in a little bleep in there that I'm not allowed to say on this air. God, I had I should have had the bleep button ready. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he said do it quick, and I wonder like, does this speed does this help the team? Like, does this actually do anything good? I, I that that is Kobe Bryant saying to trade him. You wouldn't say something if you said do it. Now. Well, no, he said he wants them. He said he wants Powell, but they need to. Why would you want Powell? Kobe has always thought that Powell's one of the top five players in the world. Well, Kobe is drunk. Just because of how well he passes the ball and he loves playing with European guys. He would love someone that passes the that's, ball, that's wouldn't he? That's his style, yeah. Well, I mean, I think he honestly does want him to keep Powell, but 
Does this do anything for like the front office? Does this make them speed up the process, or does this make them tell Pal that we're not trading you, or that we I, are? I think it does speed up the process because it, he's a star player, uh, one of the best in the league, and you're you're going to try and please him. So I mean, it, it's going it, to. It, he's voicing his opinion, and I think that's what a leader does. So I, I don't mind this, this comments at all. And a lot of people say that Kobe Bryant, if he uh, doesn't get his way, they might just he just might be like a disgruntled employee the rest of the year. All right, let's move on. I'm taking too long. <laughs> all right, uh, news in the major league. In the majors, uh, Manny Ramirez has signed a one. Was it a one-year deal? Yes. A one-year deal with the Oakland Athletics. Five or six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, some five or six thousand. Hundred thousand. Oh, I was going to say, huh? Took a little bit of a discount there. <laughs> uh, this was just great news for me because it just means that he's not going to the Orioles. So that's all I want to say about that. Uh, as you guys probably saw, the terrible Capitals lost to the Carolina Hurricanes five to zero tonight. At one point, I don't know what this ended up finishing, but they were being outshot 32 to 12. 32 to 12. Like, you couldn't get more than 12 shots off in a game? That's pathetic. That's all I have to say. It's not good, Cotton. All right, so Rondo, for throwing the ball at a ref, was suspended for two games. And that's the news. Yeah, Rick Carlisle kicked the ball at a fan, and he got $25,000 fine. I think that was a little ridiculous, a little unfair to me. Uh, Raul Obanez signed a one-year deal with the Yankees at $1.1 million, and A.J. Burnett got traded from the Yankees to the Pirates. I think the Pirates picked up about $13 million of that contract. That was terrible. He was due to make $31 million this year. That's way too much. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, he's going to make 13 instead. And which help? what helps the Yankees more, the trade trading Burnett or getting Ibanez? I think Ibanez helped more. I mean, they... What's his name? AJ Burnett. Burnett. He wasn't like they had him on the team last year. He still didn't pitch that much. Like when they didn't want him want to pitch him, they they didn't have to pitch him. So I mean, you can still have a guy like that on your team, and I mean, it doesn't hurt them getting rid of him. That's that's for sure because they got Pineda and they still have some other guys. But it doesn't like help them a great deal. I mean, it's good to have them off the him off the team. I think Ra- they needed a guy like Ra- uh, Raul Banyas in there. So I like that. I like that move better. It's a good deal. All right. Oh, this is my last story. We are dragging on. Yeah, man. Uh, Greg Oden is out for his third straight season, and he's getting a third microscopic surgery on his knee. I have never seen a man that injured before ever in my life. You think he that hangs it up after this year? Yeah, absolutely. He should. Is it, you got any more news? Uh, No, I'm not going to bother reading anymore. All right, yeah. <laughs> if you guys haven't told, the news sucks this week. February is an awful sports month. It has the Super Bowl in the beginning of the month, and then besides that, it's just awful. It's just basketball. That's it. Well, with that, are we going to take a commercial break? We sure are. Uh, well, we're going to go to a commercial break. We're going to play you guys a little song. We're probably going to come back early because we're short on time. This is Hurry Up Offense. WMEC Sports.
Welcome back to Hurry Up Offense. This is Jean Peltier alongside Alan Etzler. Just a quick plug. The Burrito Mile. Do you like burritos and you like running? Well, then you can show up to Tilden High School on 11211 Old Georgetown Road in Rockville, Maryland, Saturday, February 28th. And you can uh, participate in the Burrito Mile. It's something to do with eating burritos and running. I know a friend from Walkersville High School, Michael Pachak, participates in it a lot. It looks like he has a lot of fun. That sounds impossible. Yeah, well, he does it. I mean, eating burritos is great. He also eats Running, like, I don't four know. Chipotle burritos, though. Yeah, he's, he's pretty godly when it comes to that. That is taking place, like I said, Saturday, February 25th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., and it's benefit, benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and Pennies for Patient. Take a drink, Sean. Yeah, my, my voice always dies at the end of these shows. <laughs> All right, so we're going to continue what we did last week, and that is evaluating uh, divisions in football for the upcoming year in the draft. Uh, this, we, this week we are doing the NFC South. Uh, so I'll start it off. Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, they were ten and six. 
two years ago, and last year they were supposed to take a big step forward, and they did not. They ended up going 4-12 and and fired their head coach, who is now a Redskin, so I'm thankful for that. Raheem Morris is Sounds now like a Redskin. a huge step back. Who? 4-12. and Raheem, Oh, yeah. Huge step back. They ended up hiring Rutgers head coach Greg Schiano. Uh, so we don't what do you know. think of that hire? I don't know. It's kind of like a panic move. He can't get anybody to, to be his assistant. <clears throat> yeah. NFL teams keep like denying permission, but we need to get to these picks. Yeah, not looking good. Um, the last couple years in the draft, they focused on rebuilding their defensive line. Um, so I think that they're going to go away from that this year. They need to upgrade their secondary. Rondé Barber, likely leaving, 36-year-old, 35-year-old, I'm not sure what it is. Akeem Tlaib is in trouble with the police uh, for assault with a deadly weapon. They could use a corner down there. They have the fifth pick in the draft this year. I would. I think they'll. Just, I think they'll take Maurice Claiborne if he's there. Um, they could shock everyone. Take a right tackle because they gave. Uh, I think it's Jeremy Trueblood. He was, he was awful last year. Uh, their right tackle. They gave him a two-year deal. He's not worth it. Um, Matt Cleal will will likely be gone. So they could go with Riley Reef from Iowa. So I can see those two moves happening. What about a possible Trent Richardson? <clears throat> I don't like that. I don't. I don't understand where that's coming from. The only thing that LeGarrette Blount can't do is stay healthy, but he, I, he sucks in pass. It's not worth taking him that that right there. It's it's not worth it. You okay. can pick someone else up late. All right. <clears throat> uh, I got the Panthers. They were bad last year. They had Cameron Newton as their quarterback, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart as their running back. So pretty much they need every position except for quarterback and running back. I would say. I think they addressed the defensive side of the ball. They have the eighth pick in the draft. Uh, a lot of people have Michael Brockers possibly going there. I think that could be good. Um, I think they could use a little bit of pass rush on the edge. With, like they can uh, put Greg Hardy on one side and, and have a guy like maybe Quentin Copels if he falls there, or Melvin Ingram or Courtney Upshaw. I think they're all pretty similar style guys. Well, they just gave, uh, what was it, Johnson a huge deal last year? Yeah. So I, I don't know if they'll... I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility, but they spent a lot of money at that position. I think they the, the pass <clears throat> rush. Because I don't see... I think they have to take the best available. I don't see a corner being available there unless Claiborne falls. Right. I wouldn't stretch to take a corner at eight mm-hmm. other than Claiborne. And I wouldn't pick a wide receiver at this point unless Blackman fell. So I think they have to address the front seven somewhere. All right. Uh, moving on to the division winners, New Orleans Saints. Uh, they went 13-3, and pretty darn good team. Uh, it would help if they could play all their games at home, but they can't. They're not the best road team, but, you know. I mean, their biggest their biggest need in the offseason is to re-sign Drew Brees, uh, top three quarterback uh, in the league. So they need to re-sign him, and they need to re-sign guard Carl Nix, whether that's through a franchise tag. They'll probably use a franchise on him. Uh, the biggest losses for this team is going to be losing uh, Robert Meacham and Marcus Colston, just their big receivers. So I, I can see them going there, to be honest with you. Um, but the problem is they don't have a first-round pick. Uh, they traded theirs away last year to acquire Mark Ingram. So, I mean, there are a couple guys that could possibly fall who are first-round talent or were considered first-round talent before this. And that, I mean, I'm talking about a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. He's fat and he's slow. But with a good quarterback like Drew Brees and a great coach like Sean Payton, I mean, you can whip that guy into shape. So if he falls to the late end of the second round, I mean, I, I would I would take a chance on him. Uh, a lot of people are comparing him to Mike Williams from uh, Detroit. That's a fair comparison. But in Detroit at the time, that 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 franchise is in shambles. They didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have a coach. I mean, you put you put a guy like that in a better situation. Who knows what could have uh, become of him? 
So I, I would take a chance on Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, they ruined a lot of good receivers out there in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Except for other, Calvin Johnson. He's what was the other guy. one? Uh, I forget the Roy, other guy. Roy Williams, <laughs> Mike Williams, and Charles Rogers? Yeah, Charles Rogers. Yeah, they, he was out of the league after two years, I think. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm going to move to the Atlanta Falcons. They were 10-6 and six last year. They got the wild card. They also do not have a first-round pick because they traded it for Julio Jones last year to open up that offense a little bit. And it, he played pretty well when he was healthy last year. So I guess it worked out all right, but they didn't get any farther than they were last year. Um, I think here they are going to, in this draft, they're going to have to address the offensive line, the defensive line, and maybe even cornerback if Brent Grimes leaves because uh, he's a free agent now. So I have I have them maybe going after a guy like uh, the.